This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Have you ever thought about writing a book and you're sitting there at your computer and you can't seem to figure out how to make it work and it doesn't seem like like you have an idea in your head. You have an idea in your head of what you want to do, but you don't know how to do it. Well, today on our show, we've got a gal that can help you figure all of that out. Her name is Diane Bader. She is an author. She's also a book coach. She's done lots and lots of writing, and she can help you uh, get over that. Um, I don't know what it is. It must be something in your head that's not allowing you to uh, function forward from that. But first of all, I got I to gotta talk to Eric a little bit because last week I was AOL or AWOL. Yeah, a- AWOL. <laughs> you were America Online there. You were, <laughs> you were a dial-up connection, which meant we couldn't put you on the air. What what was going on, sir? Well, I um, in my former life, I was a bus driver, as you know. And uh, because I was a bus driver for 12 years, and I became, I got quite a little knowledge about bus driver etiquette and how they should behave and what they should do and how the procedures are and the policies and that sort of thing. And so unfortunately for me, and well, I guess, anyway, uh, I have been asked on several occasions to uh, talk to people about uh, uh, incidences that happen on a bus and that kind of stuff. And in this particular case, I, this, this is the one I didn't think would go, but it actually went to trial. Oh, wow. And in Spokane, Washington, and of course, over in Spokane right now, there's like a half a foot of snow on the ground. Yep. <laughs> and so I, I had to fly over and it was supposed to happen. I was going to fly on, you know how these things go. I was going to fly on Monday and uh, testify on Tuesday, fly back on Tuesday and be ready for Wednesday's show. Well, I got to the courthouse on Tuesday, just in my brand new suit that I just bought for the occasion, of course. And I sat there and I sat there and (laughs) I sat there. And then at four o'clock, they came out and said, well, we're not going to make it today. You're going to have to come back tomorrow. So I ended up having to go back to the hotel that I just checked out of, checked back into the hotel. And uh, the poor gal who was at the front desk said, what are you doing back here? And so, <laughs> you know, so I had to do that. And then uh, on Wednesday, I was supposed to, I again was going to testify. And I waited and I waited and I waited. And then at 3.30, they came out and said, you're up, you're on, We're, here we go. And by the time I got done, it was getting dark in Spokane. It was 20 degrees, and I didn't feel like driving home because there were no flights available. So, and there goes the cat. And uh, so, (laughs) and there were no flights available. So I ended up spending the night in the same hotel again after checking out of it again that day, and uh, then uh, drove home on Thursday. So and sadly, I missed Monday and Wednesday's show, but you did a great job of presenting an encore presentation. And I thank you very much for your flexibility. Not a problem. Glad to help. And you know, this sounds like the makings of a book. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe not the, uh, I, I had to wait uh, to travel for a day. That, that might not be the, the most interesting stuff, but you know, uh, maybe the details of this 
uh, this case that you were testifying at. That that all sounds like, you know, could be a pretty interesting read. I got to tell you, Eric, it is the it is the most bizarre experience when you are see the way that they do it is that they don't let you into the courthouse or into the courtroom until it's time for you to testify. They don't want you to know what's going on. And so you walk into this place and there are 12 jurors that are sitting there and the judge is sitting there and in the at the uh, table for the uh, uh, defense, there are six lawyers sitting there. And then two on my on the other side that had had hired me to go over there. I, it is a very, you know, and I like to think that in front of a microphone, I'm pretty I'm pretty OK. It's a very, very uncomfortable experience when you when you're there. And then then you have to answer questions and, and stuff. And you have to think on the top of your head because the the other guys are going to try and uh, tell a story about you that may or may not be true about about what the hell do you know and why are you here <laughs> of like, course kind of thing and so you have to end up defending yourself and and doing all that so it was it really is quite a stressful experience to testify in a courtroom setting like that For and sure. there, and there was there's a lot of a lot of money on the line and a lot of issues that were going on because a lady got hurt and and she was sinking compensation and the other side was you didn't get hurt that badly and yes I did no you didn't and all that kind of stuff so <laughs> you know and so it 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 was really a quite quite and quite an experience that I'm not so sure I want to repeat but we'll see <laughs> fair enough sounds compelling though yeah it, it it really it really was and. Uh, um, it was very interesting, and uh, and it's it that goes under the category of one of those life experiences that you hopefully gain something from, yeah. that that you you may decide that that's going to work for you or not, but whatever. But but if I did decide to write the book, Diane is the perfect person to work with to get that done. And I I I know in a roundabout way, Eric, you were getting around to that part of it. I think yeah, I I was hopefully setting you up for a segue, but. Uh, <laughs> You, you, know, a, you, you, you got there in the job. end. I did, I did <laughs> at the end. And you did a masterful job of doing that. And thank you so much for handling the last week. It was it was very it was really quite stressful and and uh I I don't advocate sitting in a hotel room for a long time when there's and and I left my charger in the first hotel room. I went back to get it and that they hadn't found it yet, so I had I couldn't call anybody because my phone was running out of juice and and i went to get another one and they sold me the wrong one and anyway i've got a story i can tell that but anyway <laughs> so thank you so so much for for your kindness and your help in that in that regard and and diane so what do you think is that a book i'm just thinking that whole time you were sitting around in the hotel room with nothing better to do you could have been writing the story <laughs> but i didn't have a computer even oh no well don't they have like little notepads like they do. I don't, but they do. <laughs> Whoever they are. The hotel. The hotel. Oh, no, 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 no. And, and unless you, uh, I, I suppose in some of them, they do have workstations that you can go to. Uh, this particular hotel did not. This is Spokane, I got to tell you. Um, you know, and the court, the courthouse I got, it was also like built in the in the early part of the last century. So and they didn't even have they didn't even have a kiosk for coffee or any, anywhere to get anything 
Uh, so they had an a drinking fountain on the floor <laughs> and, that was, oh. and that was it. So, you know, I, I said, can I get a cup of coffee? And they said, Oh no, after COVID, we don't have that here. And I think I, I should, I suspect that that's happening all over the place, but. So it's but a horror novel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those. And you know, what was really cool about it though, is that because I am who I am and because I have a show called, I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's called Positive Talk Radio. I I'm, I'm really have got to be positive in these kind of things. So the poor front desk gal, she was expecting me to come back loaded for bear. Like, they canceled it again. They did this and this. And I was very nice and very, and it was, you know, she was a pleasant kid and all that kind of stuff. So everybody's a kid these days. That's kind of funny because the whole time you're telling the story, all I can think about are these poor people going, you're back. Oh, okay. Come on in, you know. Yeah, the give me money. They could tell. <laughs> <laughs> give me my well, you know what's interesting about that is that um I came down for something in the course of the night and there was another couple that was there that they now at this particular hotel they have long-term parking because it's next to the hotel where people can park there and then get onto an airplane and go to Vegas or wherever they're going and then come back. And this couple got into the long-term uh parking, which was full of um, snow and so there were no white lines you couldn't see anything and you couldn't see the grass nor could they see the curve that they went over and so they got stuck so they went to the front desk then it's the same girl uh, that was at the front desk and and she went out of her way and to be kind to these folks and and so what she did was she called her her stepfather who's home at nine o'clock, this is like 10 o'clock at night, who's home, probably getting ready for bed. And she says, dad, you got to come down here. These folks need you to tow them out because the, the tow truck driver wanted $300 to come and tow them out. And so he, she called, he came, they got out in like five minutes and then they parked somewhere else. And what was funny about it was that they were so happy with that She was such a nice human being that they paid more to her and her dad than she would have paid for the $300. Oh, wow. Tow truck. Because they just, they were so impressed with the humanity that she showed. Yeah. And that's, so I, I told her that I would tell that story on the air because it is such a cool thing that there are, I tell you, I know it. There are great people in the world that, that really are. And this, this girl is 20 is is all of 20. Um, and so she's, she's just getting started in life and, and, uh, but she was really, really kind to them. She was kind to me and it, it worked out really, really well. So I was real pleased with that. So, but let's enough of that. Let's talk about you, shall we? You what do you are, want to know? <laughs> well, you, you write mysteries, you're a mom, you're an editor, you, you, you read a lot and you are a book coach. What is a book coach? A book coach is someone who can help anyone, maybe, um, <laughs> take a book from an idea and turn it into a book and help them to pitch it to agents, publishers, that sort of thing. I mean, we definitely can't guarantee that somebody will snatch it up and you'll make millions because who knows the way different people have different perspectives and who knows if you're going to reach just that right person. But it is a lot of fun to help someone brainstorm their book, plan out their book, 
and um, I'm one of those people I like to do edits because, you know, (laughs) you're one of those. I'm one of those. So I try not to uh, be too harsh, but um, I, I mean, I've been writing for a long time. You know, I've written 14 books or 14 novels published and one novella, and I've learned a few things. So I just love to be able to share what I know. And if somebody wants to go to your website and to look at all of the books that you've written, you do a lot of mystery writing. And uh, if you, Diane Bator, B-A-T-O-R dot C-A, because you're in Canada. I am in Canada, and we're getting snow this week, which we haven't really had until now. So Yeah, so are we, you know, eh? It's, it's, it's going to be snowy here in the great city of Seattle kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, so you, how long have you been doing? You've been, it's been writing for a long time since you were a little kid. I mean, well, I've been writing my whole life. Like, it's just one of those things. It's like breathing for me. Right. And, um, but I didn't really get serious about it until probably about 2010 and probably a bit before that, because we moved across Canada. Um, I joined a writing group, which if you want to write a book and be have a little bit of inspiration and support while you write a book finding a writing group either online or in person is a great way to start sometimes you'll kind of move from one group to another depending on what you need but it is a good way to get going and i've got a young gentleman that's going to join us in a little bit who's going we're going to talk about writing and the processes of how it works because he's written 10 self-published books and he's just he's got a brand new one that's coming out and i did actually did a voice over for one of his books and and voiced it so we're going to talk about that a little bit as well so it's really is an interesting concept of putting a book together i don't know how it's for me it's like songwriting you know i i love music and i love listening to music couldn't tell you how i'd put a song together but (laughs) but how do you put a book together a little bit at a time (laughs) you know seriously um you you'll hear from a lot of people saying well you need to sit down you need to have like hours and hours to sit and work on it i wrote my books while raising three little boys (laughs) for me it was sometimes i would have 15 minutes sometimes i would have five sometimes i might have an hour so it just depended on what time i had as to how much work i actually got done at a time um writing group that I belong to, they would do what they call writing prompts. So you would have like, um, perhaps somebody would bring in a pumpkin or some kind of an object, and you would have 15 minutes just to write about the object or a sentence. And that's how I trained myself to write was in these little 15, 20 minute blocks. And that's how my first several novels were actually written was 15 minutes at a time sometimes on sales receipts or napkins. So So how did you remember? Because I I was thinking about this because we've talked before um, and it's really important, but how did you remember where you left off? Because I would totally forget. And then it might go off into another tangent that would be totally different and it would make not a bit of sense to anybody except for me. Sometimes you can end off on a kind of a cliffhanger for yourself. So you stop at a point where the next time you can sit down to write, you know what you have to write because you ended on a 
on a note. Sometimes you can't wait. <laughs> yeah, you'd be sitting in the doctor's office writing and going, okay, well, as soon as I get out, I get to get back to the car and finish what I was just working on. So it, it just, it really varies. And then because I do a lot by hand, I would go to my computer when I had the time and sit and type it all in. And as I typed it, then I start to notice where the little holes are that I have to fill, come back to fill in. How do you do character development? You boy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew that would be a toughy one. Oh, that one's always a toughy one. I, you know, sometimes characters just develop themselves. It sounds like a weird thing, but I know for me personally, I'll come up with a character or a character will just kind of walk through my head. And just when I think I've got them figured out, a scene will come up and they'll do something completely unexpected. Um, I had that with my first, my first series in particular, um, Wild Blue Mysteries, and Leo Blue was the sidekick. Well, the sidekick didn't want to be a sidekick. He wanted his own book. Thank you very much. So... <laughs> So by the third book, he actually had more of a role in it and, and was more of a stronger character. So through the whole series, there was basically four or five characters that got stronger and stronger through the series, not just through the book. Do your characters speak to you like that? It's like, I want my own show. I don't want to be second banana. They do. It's, <laughs> it drives me crazy. <laughs> So you are really in into the development of the book and into it's almost like you're reading while you're writing. Is that kind of true? I, I always say that it's like I'm taking dictation. Like it's not. I know lots of people are like, how do you keep it all up there? I'm like, I don't know. I just it's just all there. It's in the their little file drawers. And um, Sometimes all of a sudden I'll sit down and write and it'll just come out like crazy. And then I'll have another day that I'm just kind of going, oh, I should do some research or something. Cause this just isn't, isn't flowing today. But for the most part, yeah, it just, it just kind of comes. When it, you're in the flow, I mean, it's like, it's like um, the, the favorite example that I use is a music example. You know, Paul McCartney wrote the song yesterday. And he woke up with the song in his head. It was all done. He didn't have the words to it. And so it was like scrambled eggs and ham or something. But he developed the words for it. But the song, the melody, was already in his head. And does that how it happens for the creative types like you that, that sometimes the, the whole premise is already just kind of shows up in your head? Sometimes, yeah. That's, that's got to be a weird feeling. Sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, yeah, sometimes you'll wake up or the worst is when you're falling asleep at night and all of a sudden you've got this whole book coming out and you're like, oh, crap, because when I was saying about having notepad or a notepad, um, always beside my bed, there are notepads, there are pens. There are <laughs> my cat gets really mad when I turn on the light at about midnight and go, wait a sec, I have to get this on paper. <laughs> so it's just something that just sort of, where do you think it comes from? You know, I, I wish I knew. It's just, it's just a flow that just comes out. And for me personally, 
I know a lot of people write on computers, but I have always written, my first draft is always pen and paper. And it's the, uh, what they call the heart-mind connection. So everything comes out of your head through your heart or vice versa and onto the paper. And it's just this, I just like to think of it as this flow that comes from the universe somewhere that I just happen to be the person that gets to write it. Well, do you, are you familiar with uh, Neil Donald Walsh? I have heard the name yeah, for he, sure. He, he wrote conversations with God one, two, and three and revelations with God and a bunch of other titles. And he did the same process that you use. He has a, a yellow legal pad and uh, he started writing it because uh, he um, started writing on the paper and he said, what does it take to make this life work? And why can't I make my life work? And he got an answer, which was, do you want, do you want to know the answer to these questions or are you just venting? And that became um, legal pad after legal pad and created a, a whole dynamic of what he did. And he attributes it to the divine, the universe, whatever, that that, that was kind of, it's just his brain was set up for it to flow that way. Is that kind of how you feel like yours is? Absolutely. And yeah, I don't have legal pads, but I have more notebooks kicking around. <laughs> and everywhere I go, like my purse, my I have a backpack I take to work all the time. Um, I have my laptop bag that sits beside me all the time. There's like no pads and pens everywhere because that's my preferred way of just letting it flow. And there's nobody that is telling you any of this is just kind of just shows up. So do, yeah. now do your, do your, you had three boys, right? Yeah. So do they say, Oh, there goes mom. She's writing again. <laughs> they were used to the, hang on one second. Almost done. <laughs> <laughs> they were also used to mom standing beside the stove, cooking dinner and stirring with one hand and writing with the other, <laughs> which is really hard when you're left-handed. <laughs> Indeed. Did you ever uh, um, um, make a mistake and, and like, you know, put the wrong ingredients in because you were writing? Well, I'll just say you can't write with spaghetti. <laughs> good point. <laughs> it's a good point. It gets lumpy and then get all clumped together and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, so you don't want to do that. So now you've written you, your preferred genre, if you will, is mystery. Is that right? It is. Yeah. And so tell us some, about some of the books you've written. <clears throat> um, let me see. I need to go back to the start. Like I was always writing. I wasn't sure kind of what I was writing. I just knew I had to write. And I entered a contest one time. And for anybody who wants to write a book, here's a fun idea. <laughs> they used to have those old murder mystery party games. Oh, I remember and, those. Yeah. Right. And they give you the people, they give you clues, they give you all kinds of information. This particular contest was they gave you basically everything from the party game and told you to write one chapter of a book from each person's point of view. Uh -huh. So you had to create the entire murder mystery from beginning to end from different people's point of view per chapter. And if you ever want to work on characters, that is one great way to do it. It, it kind of reminds me of that. What, what was the name of that um, board game? 
clue. <laughs> well, oh, there you, that's it. That's it. It is. It was Miss Marble in the in the in the parlor with the knife. Anyway, um, yep. so so that's kind of how that worked for you. Yeah, so. it was, and I ended up winning the contest. <laughs> oh, good for you! Congratulations. Right? So that was how my first novella was published. And that's when I went, hmm, I kind of like writing mysteries. I've always read them. I don't know why I never thought to write them. So, well, but now, that started, yeah, that started the whole 14. I've got four different series and 14 different books. And the newest one is just on the, uh, on my editing pile right now. So that's going to be my Christmas break. <laughs> so if I were to go, I don't know, I was recently in an airport if I was to go to the gift shop in an airport, would I find Diane Bater there? Probably not, <laughs> but um, definitely all of my books are online. You can order them from absolutely anywhere. They, because I work with a smaller Canadian publisher, they are all available everywhere, but they're not all in bookstores and stuff. So and that's just, but they will. Oh, my, my other good news um one of them will be actually out on audio in 2024 so i'm very excited for that oh really that's yeah. that, that's cool do you have the voice all done they're all ready? I, they're just starting the process i just found out that they're actually this is through my publisher that they're actually doing this starting next year they're getting it all ready to go so i have I, a moment i know a guy <laughs> who's, who's got a terrific radio voice Really? I'm not gonna say his name, but uh, um, he might be available for some. <laughs> I will let them know. <laughs> <laughs> well, because what I'm gonna play in a little bit is a synopsis of the of, of uh, Elmo, which is the um, Matt Shea is gonna join us, and I want I want it's it's kind of like if two professional golfers get together. I want the two of you that are professional writers to kind of talk back and forth in a language that I probably won't get. Um, <laughs> You know, because and you can help each other and you can help him um, get the word out about his books and maybe maybe get them public. I, I don't know. Well, we'll see. Oh, how that, We'll see how that goes. But uh, but uh, by the way, we're talking with Diane Bater and you can go to dianebater.ca, find out all the information about her. If you would like to to hire her as your personal coach, I think you would do that for them, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. And that might be a great way if you if you have a bunch of notepads with a bunch of writing on it that is just sitting there and you're going in and you're thinking to yourself you know maybe i should get this published and you haven't got any earthly idea how to even go about that either self-publishing or have it done through a publisher diane can help you with that that whole process and she can also edit it for you which which is a weird thing all in the in and of itself <laughs> I, do I totally to agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would have made a great engineer if, had you done something else, because that's the kind of mind that you have to have. It's got to be organized and, and ready to go. I'm all over the board. I couldn't do anything like that. I, I just stumble on the math. That's all. You, do you do what? <laughs> <laughs> I would stumble over the math. <laughs> oh, yeah. For, to be an engineer. Don't yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I get that. But uh, give me words. I'm great. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Well, everybody's got their own forte. I can say them, but I can't write them and, uh, and stuff. So that's just me. Anyway, 
Diane is with us. We need to take a quick break um, for a couple of messages. It's just going to take a second. And then we're going to be joined by Matt Shea, who's a local author, and uh, he's been on the show before, and he's a, he's a really good guy. And uh, we're going to talk about him, Diane, writing, and, and all of that. So stay right there with us, and I'll be right back in just a minute. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio on KKNW. 11:50 a.m. See, there's the radio voice. There we go. So, we'll be right back. When you want to say more than words, communicate. You can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. Now through New Year's Eve, here's your exclusive bonus for being our appreciated listener. Type in promo code Positive Talk Radio at checkout to receive $20 off your order. Our gift to you for being here with us today. AnaturalDesign.com. Hey there. I'm excited that you're listening right now. And if you like what we're doing here, you're going to love PositiveTalkRadio.net. On PositiveTalkRadio.net, Each show, which is recorded live, is packed with positive information, with real people discussing real issues, and positive solutions that can work for everyone. I hope that you'll join us on PositiveTalkRadio.net and listen to all 340-plus shows. I think it's worth your time. But then, that's just me. That's PositiveTalkRadio.net, your home for great progressive positive podcasts. And welcome back, everybody, to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald. I am your host of record, and I've got a great guest for you today. Her name is Diane Bader. She is a writing coach, and she's an author. She's written 14 books. And I didn't, you know, I thought I'd have to go a while before I could find somebody who has written more books than Mr. Shea, Matt Shea, but you, you've done that. So he was stuck at nine for a while. Now he's got 10 that is um, in the editing process. And you know how that goes and all of that. So, so with that, I'd like to bring uh, Matt on the phone to meet Diane, Matt and Diane, meet Diane. Diane, it is my pleasure to meet you. I've been listening since the start of the show. And I just love your approach to writing, how you live it. It's encompassed throughout your everyday life. I love it. It's, it's great. Go ahead. No, it's just can say thank you. It's a pleasure to meet you, Matt. Thank you. So, and isn't Kevin a lot of fun? He's, he's great kicks. <laughs> you are. Well, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we, we do have a, we do have a good time here and, but I want to, I wanted to, uh, one of the things that I've done with Matt, because I've known him for a little while and, uh, he picked out a book that he wanted me to, uh, uh, voice for him to do a, uh, um, audio book and it's called Elmo. And I was so intrigued with his writing style and what he did uh, that I voice the book and it's out there now. Matt, if they want to go pick up the, the book Elmo, how do they go do that? I would take them to my website, Matt Shea, M-A-T-T-S-H-E-A, books.net, because at the very top of it, I have a free audio book. Then you scroll down and there are the free samples. And we get the audiobooks, and when we get to Elmo, that is Mr. Kevin McDonald himself doing it. You did a magnificent job, my friend. Well, well, thank you. And and, and I, I but I want Diane's and Diane's thoughts 
about what I, because I did a little synopsis and it's just a little bit more in a minute, but I wanted to get your idea and Matt, I've updated it a little bit too. So I wanted to get your idea what you, what you think of my um, ability to do that kind of work. You ready? All right. Elmo is a story about an economic crisis in the small town of Minor. Fundraisers, food drives, and generous donations initially held the financial plague at bay. Eventually, the township was forced to bend with the rest of the nation, causing the dads to volley back with a clever remedy. They would brave the winter nights and secretly take shifts dressed as a hobo on the corner of Main Street and Elm. Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and Matt Shea, along with me, have created this audiobook that is so much more than just another story. It's about community, family, faith, and what can happen when everyone comes together for the common good of all. I enjoyed voicing this audiobook, but more so reading and feeling along with the people of Minor and the sheer determination of the characters involved. Matt Shea is a wonderful author in the great tradition of American literature and a very down-to-earth fellow who values his faith, family, and friends above all. I hope you enjoy Elmo as much as I did. And that is Elmo. Um, what, so, Diane, what did you think? That's really good. I really enjoyed that. Oh, good. Um, Matt, what did you think? When I wrote Elmo, I was trying to find that missing piece, and it all came together when I met Kevin McDonald. That book was designed to be read by Kevin McDonald. Now it's complete. It really, and, and it was a lot of fun to do. And, and Matt, you're a, a really quality writer, but I, I, and by the way, you can also go to, well, go to mattshay.net. It's mattshaybooks.net. And, and you can download that book. It's, it's, it's very inexpensive, but it's, but it's a really is a good read. And I honestly, to tell you, Honestly, during the while I was reading the the book, there were times when I got emotional because it was a really cool, cool story the way he put it together and stuff. But I want to set myself aside for just a moment and let writer talk to writer a little bit. So, Matt, you have a question for Diane? Well, I have praise to start off with. I commented how it her writing is part of the who she is and throughout her life, whether she's cooking spaghetti or interrupting the cat because she had to get up past midnight, or she's addressing her three wonderful sons. She keeps writing going. Years and years ago, myself, a Catholic boy, a nun told us, whenever you get an idea, write it down before you forget, because for the rest of your life, it's going to be an important card how you convey a story. And so since grade school, I've been taking notes, and people would find them hidden in my bedroom. College friends would find them in the dormitory, or I would remember them. But in time, they all come together. And I think I'm kind of describing Diane, because she's 14 books. She's probably not even at the halfway point of her career yet. But she is living at 24-7s forever and ever. Your move, Diane. <laughs> Apparently that wasn't a question. Do you have a question for Matt? <laughs> I do. How did you get started writing, Matt? I was a kid who was held back a year in grade school because I kept daydreaming. 
I looked out the window. We were even with I-5 and the flight pattern to Boeing Field, and I picked that over learning things I didn't think I'd have to apply in life. So I had to stay back a year in first grade, which I liked because second grade was the other side of the hall, and then we just had the street there. It wasn't as exciting. But anyway, I was always thinking about stuff and writing notes and having it harmonized with the TV shows I'd watched at home. At events, I'd have story ideas. I had horrible grades in grade school because I wasn't trying. But if I wrote a paper, I got praised for it. College, I was struggling with grades. But the ombudsman, the dean of students, brought me in because they were going to kick me out of the university because they thought I did plagiarizing. And I said, well, actually, I wrote this. And I show them how I wrote. So they reviewed it. And they said, he's telling the truth. And they said, you can do something here. And then later, when I got a factory job, I'd written a letter for the company to represent the company. And, hey, that's not bad. So I was one of these guys who was lacking across the board, but I could do one or two things. And one of them apparently seems to be writing. Well, I would disagree with when you're saying that you're lacking in 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 any way. That just happens to be how your brain works. Is it, Diane, when you were a kid, did you were you uh, um, did you uh, um, do a lot of daydreaming and fantasizing about different stuff? All the time. <laughs> My goodness, I spent half the time staring at walls and thinking of things that I'd rather be doing, actually. But um, always <laughs> doodling and making notes and the whole bit. So, you know, it doesn't mean you're lacking anything. It just means your brain works. And I have been told this repeatedly that I think differently than a lot of people. And at first I took that, I took offense to that, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, well, yeah, you know what, <laughs> of course, because my perspective on things is not the same as anyone else's. And there's nothing I can do to change that. It's just the way I am. What I admire is that among other things, you are a book coach. You're encouraging others to do what Diane has always done. Because of you, many people were able to get their story out, their thoughts, and the world received it. It accepted it. I like that. Thank you. Now, Matt, you're self-published. Is that right? Yes. Have you thought about going to a publisher? And uh, do you need some help? I know somebody. <laughs> well, I've done that several times, but the best deal came through my present publisher. But um, I'm always willing to because whenever I finish something, I send out a lot of ships. Then I compare it to what my present publisher has to offer. So I'm always willing to hear new names and um, throw them my two cents worth. I'm glad you said the word ships because when you said I send out a lot of, I almost came close to that other word that you're not allowed to say on. Okay. <laughs> no, you, you were fine, sir. Eric was had his finger on the button, but that's you know, that's what he does. So, but it's 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 great. So Diane, so you were a, um, you fantasized a lot. What were your grades like growing up? They were good for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you got bored, didn't you? I got bored. Yeah. You know, like I said, I'd rather be doing something else and being somewhere else or being someone else, which is why I started to write because, you know, life was more interesting when you can make your own little world and your own little stories from it. I wanted 
just point that out because I got bored in school as well. I and I was considered a lower than average student, and it was because I was bored and didn't really care about about what I was producing because it didn't matter to me. It because I was busy in my own mind doing a bunch of other stuff and thinking about a bunch of other stuff. I get real, can I tell you a real funny story real quick? Oh, okay. Please, thank you. Well, this has, has to do with writing, actually, in fact. Uh, one of the things that I, you know, we remember back in the day when we had spelling um, class and, and we would learn how to spell and, and there would be, be a list of like 25 words that we would then have to spell and we had tests. Remember those days? Yep. Well, one, one time I decided because my teacher had said something to me that uh, uh, was less than complimentary about my sloppiness in writing because I just, you know, wrote it down and I don't care. And here you go. I don't care. I've got better things to do than this. This is stupid. And in any event, so I said, all right, that's it. I'm going to do it perfectly. And so I, um, in this particular spelling test, I did it perfectly. The handwriting was perfect. The words were perfectly spelled. Everything looked great. And, uh, and I turned that in the next day. In front of 30 kids who I didn't like very much, he said in front of everybody, he brought up my spelling thing and said, you know, normally his work is really not very good. But today, his, this is what he is capable of doing. And it was like the most embarrassing moment of my life because all the other kids were snickering. And it's like, you're right. He's not very smart. He just got lucky one time. <laughs> oh, no. You know, but that's what happens to kids that are creative and are out of the box and are not thinking about the the the, the regimented way that you know kids do that good kids in in school are, and but we they don't reward people like you and people like Matt. They consider you less than, which is why Matt, even to this day, says that he was less than. That is just so not true. Do you agree with that, Diane? Absolutely. And that becomes ingrained in you. You know, even at our age now, there's lots of times I'm just sitting here going, oh, yeah, well, nobody's going to buy it. So why am I writing it? But I can't stop writing it because it's just me. Captain Diane, I was raised Catholic and I do not have any negatives to say about that. But we had lay teachers in because they didn't always have enough nuns to go around to teach the classrooms. And so we had Stella Samoska from the Baltic countries, and she was telling us how life has been here for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years. But Sister Anne said, no, it says right here, we've only had life for 6,000 years. And so I got the two of them together to see what was right, because I wanted to get a good grade out of each class. <laughs> they began to argue and then they looked at me, and they thought I was a clever instigator, and they got I got in trouble for causing an argument. And I just wanted a mutual understanding, so I give the same answer in each class. And years and years later, I wanted to confront Sister Ann on this. Oh, didn't you hear? She ran off and got married. <laughs> and here you're trying to be so good to follow those guidelines, and they're human too and all yeah. that stuff, but when you get hit a few times trying your best, like you, Kevin's usually stupid, but this is a good example. It, it put 
quite a contrast on you that wasn't in your favor. And the, the cool thing is, is that over time, well, the cool thing and the not so cool thing is that over time, if you believe in yourself and you understand who you really are, you can overcome a lot of these things. Unfortunately, a lot of people are not able to do that because they don't have the self-esteem that they can overcome these things and it affects them for their entire life. And that is so, it makes me so angry, Diane. Yeah, no, me too. I agree with you. Because we've got so much potential. Matt, go ahead. At a young age, of course, it could be scarred for life. Absolutely. And oftentimes are, and then they don't believe that they can accomplish anything, so they don't try. And it's in the trying. That's where you have the success. You can do it if you try. Um, if you don't, if you don't try and it's like you, Diane, if somebody would have said to you when you were sitting down writing, you know, on your piece of paper, and Matt, you the same thing when you're sitting down on your piece of paper and you're starting your first novel or novelette in your case, and, uh, um, and you have family and you have friends and they say, what are you doing? Well, I'm writing. Why? Well, what for? I'm going to make, I'm going to write a book. Oh, now, Diane, Diane, Diane. You know, it takes a special type of person to be able to write a book. And, and uh, you, you know, you really should get your head out of the clouds and, and go get that uh, job and, and really, really work hard. Did anybody ever tell you that in your life? Absolutely. All the time. And you didn't listen to them because you've got 14 dang books. I got 14 dang books and I had a full-time job. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you got to compromise a little bit, but you know. Yeah. Well, now, Matt, did you have the same thing? Did you have people tell you, oh, Matt, 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 you're, you're just not going to be able to do that? One of my, I think it was my third book, a family member was appalled when they learned I was writing books and they wrote a horrible review that said, don't start. And then they stopped mid sentence, but it got published on Amazon or whatever. And now later they're telling me they like my writings. They <laughs> thought I had a lot of audacity to even begin that. And that really got me mad. It didn't put me in a hole. It told me to stand further away from them. But now they have all my books and I'm not great at it. I'm developing. I'm going through the learning curve, but I like it. And I have people write me back. I touch people with the message, just as your shows do, just as Diane does. But yes, that has happened to me. And can I say one thing here? Um, Doesn't matter how many books you've written, every single book you write will be better than the last one. You are always learning, always stretching in different directions for your description, your characters, everything. You're always going to be building on everything you know. So, you know, you're always going to be improving. I got it. I got it. I got to Matt. Can I share this with Diane? Please. He told me that his his uh, tenth book is at the publisher, and it's getting ready to uh, going through the editing. But you know all that stuff that it's got to go through. And the publisher read it and said, "Matt, this is the best work you've ever done." <laughs> there you go. I have three different publishers and other wannabes, and one of them took my writings. And they placed them down in what order which was written without looking at the dates, and they got it all right. 
they it's exactly what you're saying, Diane. You, you got to start somewhere, but build on it. Yeah. And as far as reviews, I actually had a review and it was from someone I know who said they hated the characters. They hated this. They hated that. They hated this, but they could relate to the main character. And it just went, and you gave me four stars. I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, some, some people, when they see somebody that they know, who is doing some extraordinary things and they're not, it makes them feel sad, defensive, angry. And so they tend to take it out on the person that is making the effort to do something extraordinary. Yep, exactly. Happened in my life, happened in Matt's, happened in yours, happens to a lot of people's lives. And my, my point here to you, ladies and gentlemen that are sitting in the audience today, don't let it happen to you. Don't stop. Never quit. Keep going. You can do it. I promise. You can do it. Kevin? Yes, sir. I have I have listened to a lot of your shows, not just the ones you and I have done. In my mind, every single show was how Kevin writes a book. They're all books beginning, middle, and end with a theme, a story, and almighty inspiration. Each and every time. Period. Well, Matt, you've been very, very kind to me, and I really, I really appreciate that. And it, it's, I consider this to be, well, not only is it my lifelong purpose that I've been gaining experiences of over my entire life to be able to be here at this moment with Diane, with Matt, and with the audience that's sitting out there, but it is... It is something that that I value, and I just I just love to do it, and and it's great it's great fun having you you here and Diane it's it's been awesome, but we're not done yet. Will you come back and talk to me some more? Oh heavens, yes. And and Matt, you know you you're you're a good man, and you're you're a good friend, and and I'm proud of you, and I'm glad. By the way, what's the name of your tenth book that's coming out? It is called called Pavlov. And it's it called has what? Hor- Pavlov, and it has a horror story element about it, but it's not cultish. Hmm. Oh, well, that's that's right up Diane's alley. You guys should talk <laughs> about this. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just think it, it, more importantly, regardless of what any of us do, it's important that we recognize that we have value, and everybody on the planet has value. And don't let anybody tell you that you don't. From the bottom of my heart, if, that, if that's the message that on my last day I can leave you with you, it's do not quit and you have value. And take whatever you can and become whatever you choose to be because you can do it. That's, 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 that's my, how is, how's that, Matt? The... <laughs> Kevin, you have done it again. I have just met Diane Bader. And I got a fabulous website to look at because of you. Diane, thank you so much. Universal gift, alive and strong from you. Oh, well, thank you. And definitely reach out to me. I do a blog where I help promote other authors. That's my give back. Um, and reach out to me and definitely once your new book comes out, or even if you want to share an old one, we can set something up and, uh, We'll get you promoted on there as well. Thank you. You're welcome.
And uh, by the way, I, I hear that Elmo is a wonderful audiobook. So. I had the very best in the business on that one. <laughs> I'm going to have to check it out. I am looking forward to that. So. Please do. I actually do characters, which is rather odd. Okay, that should be fun right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's just, you know, that's that comes from my acting background from way back when. But, uh, you know, it's it's great fun. And I didn't realize the depth and importance that this conversation was going to take and was going to have. But it really is. And I want to thank both of you for being here, because it really is a universal concept that we do not treat each other as well as we should. And we don't believe, we believe what other people tell us in the negative side and we discount our gifts and we discount the positive side. I, I have only got two words for you. Stop it. <laughs> Diane, what do you think? My two words are be kind. There is so much awful negative stuff out there in the world. If everybody just, does one thing to be nice to somebody else every day that would already be a big start see i knew i liked you, you, you <laughs> see that's why we get along <laughs> exactly matt i've just got a couple of minutes left anything you'd like to add before we go i'm just very appreciative of the on this show positive talk and to have met diane and again how exciting 14 books her website's right there i have that website forever and ever thank you kevin and thank you diane Oh, thank you. Thank you, Matt Shea. He's going to be on as we get closer to February, which is the release date of his brand new book. I'm going to twist his arm and make him come on. I won't have to twist it very hard, I'm afraid. Uh, and make, it, make him come on and we'll talk about it. But, Diane, we've just got about a minute and a half left. I'd like you to be able to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know. All of my books right now are half price on Smashwords. So if anybody is interested, you can go to Smashwords and register and you can buy any or all of the 14 books for half price and hopefully have a really great read for Christmas. Smashword? What is I've never heard of that one. Smashwords. I know. It's like uh, like a Kobo, like a, what's the other ones? Um, kind of a mini Amazon. <laughs> But oh, it's cool. all books, so. Oh, cool. Well, I highly suggest that anybody that is looking for a great Christmas present that uh, go to your website. You, they can buy it from your website, right? Um, yeah, the links are all there. You can click right on through and purchase them on the website. And that would be an awesome Christmas present. And you can say, honestly, that you know the author. Right? She was on Positive Talk Radio. So, or, or you can go buy Matt's books. Matt, uh, again, how do they get that done? It would be Matt Shea, S-H-E-A, books.net. And when you scroll down, you get a free audio book. And eventually you will see the links to Elmo. And then you will find Kevin McDonald himself in all of his glory. <laughs> Such as that is. That's why I, I'm on the radio, you know. Uh, so, so it <laughs> In any event, it is such a pleasure to have both of you here and thank again. I'd like to thank Eric for, for helping me through last week and my court experience. And that was, that was a lot of fun and stuff. And Diane Bader, go to dianebader.ca, find out all the information about her matchabooks.net, find out all the information about him and go to positive talk radio.net and you can get all the information about me. And in the meantime, 
we'll be back on Friday, but I want you or no on Wednesday. And uh, remember, be kind to one another because each other is all we've got. We'll see you Wednesday at four. 